Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we've been doing a series of sermons on circles, and we've been using a passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which I'm going to read again today. It says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. He says we dare not. In other words, there is a risk with living like the world lives, where they compare themselves and class themselves. And most of us have been part of that world. I know I have. I remember when I was working in the corporate world, there was a lot of classing and comparing and everybody trying to better everybody else and rise up the ladder. But he says, we dare not, we dare not do that. But they, measuring themselves by themselves, they they are their own internal measurement system. And comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And that word wise carries with it the idea of health and peace and well-being and soundness of mind. They're not wise. They're not happy in their emotions and in their minds because they are living in their own circle where they measure and compare themselves. But then he goes on to say, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere. And this is where we got the word circles from. There there is a sphere that God has appointed, he says, within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us, Uh, In other words, God has a circle drawn out for you. And we've spoken about a circle of belonging and love and acceptance, a circle of perfection within you that then grows out in your life, Uh, a circle that increases all the time in our lives. Uh, There's been many, many talks on this thing. And two weeks ago, we spoke about a circle of boundaries. But then he goes on to say, we will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. And so we spoke about boundaries a couple of weeks ago, where we have boundaries, where we won't allow people to push us around, where there are certain things where we can say no to other people, even though we may have grown up being very submissive people as children Uh, we've learned to be obedient and submissive, there comes a point where you grow into an adult human being and you're able to say, no, that's not okay. It's not okay to call me at two in the morning and expect me to do this. It's not okay to try and take something from me. It's not okay. There are boundaries we're allowed to put up. But then he says, but the sphere especially includes other people. So even though we have boundaries, we're talking today about now how do I link my circle with your circle? He says, my sphere includes your sphere. So there is an overlapping of our circles, relationships, working together, uh, getting to know one another, sharing with one another, letting other people's ideas come in and and you listen to them and consider them. Those are ways that we can open up our sphere, but we still keep a certain boundary which says at the end of the day, please hear me now, I am responsible on judgment day for every decision I've made, every belief that I've taken on, everything that I've chosen, I am still responsible, but I'm going to allow some people in He says, my sphere includes your sphere. And this is so important. 
We've been talking about mental health. How many of us know that your mental well-being, your peace of mind, can be affected by other people more than anything else? How many of us have lain awake at night wondering why somebody said something about us or to us? Or wondering why they acted towards me that way? Maybe it's your family member. Maybe it's someone at work. Maybe it's just someone on the street. We are very sensitive to the way other people interact with us. And so our wisdom, our mental health, our well-being in our minds and emotions is hugely affected by this interrelationship aspect. He goes on to say, so the sphere especially includes them, he said. Then he says, we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. So there are ways that we can interact which include respecting somebody else's authority. They respected Paul as an apostle and they allowed him to speak into their lives. But he says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 1, not everyone treats me as an apostle. You do, but not everyone does. So there, there is still the boundary where I choose who I respect as an authority. Then he goes on to say, it was to you that we first came with the gospel uh, of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure that is in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in regions beyond you. So what he's saying is that when our circles interlink and overlap in God, there is something called synergy or resonance. Do you know what resonance is? On a big bridge that's crossing a big body of water, if an army of soldiers marched across that bridge and all of their footsteps were in exactly the same time. And if that timing resonated, was at the right frequency with the bridge's mechanics, that bridge could start bouncing around and break because resonance happens when circles of frequency start interlinking with each other and they build each other up. They become greater than they were separately. The sum of one plus one doesn't make two. When there's resonance, it makes three, four, or five. It starts to increase itself. And he says, when we interlink, when I interlink in Christ, my circle of life and ministry and love and boundaries with the right people, then your faith increases and my circle increases. There's this resonance, this synergy that happens. And so today we're looking at two things. We're looking at how do I decide who to include in my circle and how do I interlink my circle? And then secondly, we're looking at this idea of superabundance, of resonance, of synergy, where I benefit from you and you benefit from me in Christ. So the first thing I want to say is he says, our circle especially includes you. That means two things to me. First of all, it means some people are not in Paul's circle. He says it includes you, but he doesn't say it, but he infers it doesn't include him or her or them. He says, my circle includes you. 
And he had made a choice of the people he was going to include in his circle. Do you remember we read a couple of weeks ago in Mark chapter 3, verse 31, where Jesus is sitting, talking to his followers and his family members outside are calling to him. And he says, no, I'm not going to go and speak to my family because it says he looked around in a circle at those around him. And he said, these are my mother and brother and sisters. He said, this is my family, those who do the will of God. Jesus allowed certain people into his circle who were considered his family if they followed God. But I'm sure I don't need to tell you, Jesus also mixed with, it says, the sinners, the drunkards, the gluttons, the, everybody else. He mixed with others, but he didn't allow them into his circle. And this is so helpful. This is so important. Jesus kept his circle intact and he allowed those who followed God, his father, in. And he said, these are my brother and mother and sisters. But he still mixed with the non-believers, but he never allowed them into his circle. The picture that I would love for you to remember is of a ship in the sea. A ship is built to be in the sea. And if there's a lot of water around the ship, that's not a problem. A ship loves to be in lots of water. You as a Christian are built to be in the world, the sinful world around you. You are meant to be there. You're meant to be rubbing shoulders with non-believers who think differently, who swear, who sin, who act terribly. You are built like a boat to be in the sea. A Christian is built to be in the world. But the minute the sea gets into the boat, the boat sinks. And the minute the world gets into the Christian, the Christian dies. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, but if the salt loses its saltiness, it's good for nothing. So we need to say there are boundaries. I must interact with the world. I must go to work. I must mix with non-believers, but I must never let them in as family members, as people who influence me, who I share my deepest thoughts with, who change my ideas, who who I partner with in a close way in marriage or in, in certain other ways. I, I mustn't be yoked together with non-believers, the Bible says. I, I must mix with them, but I mustn't let them in. I hope that's clear. That's the first point. There are some people you let in. But then he said, my sphere especially includes you. And what that tells me, this is the second thing, is not just he let some people in, but there were levels of people who he let into his circle. Some, let's take Jesus for example. Jesus is sitting and there's all, he looks in a circle around him, Mark 3 verse 31, and he says, these are my mother and brother and sisters because they do the will of my father. So there were some who he let into his circle. Then he chose 12 who were even closer in his circle. Then from the 12, he chose Peter, James, and John who were very close in his circle. And then from those three, John was the disciple that Jesus loved, and he laid his head on Jesus' chest. Can you see how there's this word especially in that, in that phrase? He says, my circle includes you, but it especially includes, and he's pointing at some of them in Corinth because he says, I'm very close to you. I'm working closely with you. There's this little phrase that Paul uses in the Bible many, many times. It's called fellow workers. And so Paul will write in Colossians. He writes to, to the Christians in Colossae. 
And he says this, verse 7 of chapter 4. Tychicus, my beloved brother, a faithful minister, fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all the things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you've received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Paul had a group of people who he called his fellow workers. And it was a special phrase that he used. And in Greek, the word is synagos, synagos, which is where we get our word synergy from. And Paul said, there are some people who are my team, my trusted team, and he would name them and list them. And he would write letters to people and say, these guys are my fellow workers because his circle especially included them. And then even within that, Timothy and Titus were very, very close. Timothy, probably the closest. But Paul was discerning about who he let into his circle, but then he linked with the right people and he called them his fellow workers. And now I want to talk about synagogue, synergy. The synergy that happens when you link yourself with another Christian. Let's look at a couple of verses. In Mark, sorry, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you are struggling today, maybe you've been in that world where it's outside and they're comparing and they're classing themselves and they're commending themselves and they're trying to one-up each other, and you're tired and you're heavy laden. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest, give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The, the word yoke means a piece of wood you put over an oxen's shoulders and you link several oxen together and they pull a load in a direction. And Jesus said, the way you will find peace, mental rest, is by yoking yourself, first of all, with me, Jesus said. Link yourself with me. Don't try and compare and class and be like everybody else around you. Take my yoke upon you. Be part of my circle. That's the first thing. But then Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says this in verse 40. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. Okay, so somebody is going out in the name of the Lord and he says, if somebody receives you, then they're receiving God himself. There's a blessing that comes to them. But then he goes on, he says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. If you link your circle with another person's gift in the Lord, if they're the right person who loves the Lord and you link yourself, they may have different gifts to you. They may be a prophet, you may be something else. 
but you get their reward and they get your reward. There's the synergy that starts to happen. He goes on to say, He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. He says, even when you link yourself with little vulnerable ones, children or or other people in the church, the more you link up with the right type of people, you're receiving a double reward. I'm going to just mention three verses in the book of Philippians quickly. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul says to the Philippians, you have been in fellowship with me in the gospel. In other words, he says, you're part of my team. Then two verses later in verse 7, he says, You are partakers with me of my grace. And the word my is there in some translations and others it's not, but it is there in the Greek. He says, you're partaking of my grace because you've joined with me in the gospel. And then in Philippians 4, verse 19, he says, and my God shall supply your needs according to his riches and glory. What Paul was saying is because you've partnered with me in the gospel, my grace, my blessing and reward is on you and my God will meet your needs because there is a synergy. They're working together. Synagos, joining together, working together. It's an amazing truth. It really is. He says, if you link with someone who has a gift in the Lord, you get their reward and they get your reward. Uh, He says, my my circle especially includes you because there's, there's a linking. And then later on in 2 Corinthians 10, that passage we read right at the beginning, he says this, as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in regions beyond. He says, as you grow, I grow. So what are we going to do with this, dear friends? How does this work out practically? Because This is the the theory of it, if you like. Number one, put boundaries in place and be careful who you let into your life. Number two, link with the right people in such a way that you're doing a task together for the Lord and and you you trust them and, and they're close to you and you share your heart with them and they influence you and there's a sharing. Link with the right people. Number three, there is a added blessing that comes when we link together, where we somehow get greater blessing. I've seen it myself. I've seen where I, where I speak well of, where I love, where I have a relationship with another Christian. My blessings increase, and I can't explain it in a natural way. When I isolate myself as a Christian, when I'm not close to other believers, when I'm jumping and hopping around from church to church, I don't get the blessing. But when I'm closely linked I'm a fellow worker with other believers. I start to get much greater blessings. The Lord starts to provide finance for me in a way that he just is supernatural. I start to see answers to prayer. I start to see all sorts of things because I'm linked with other believers. And I find great blessing from this. But I want to try and make it very practical. We can't link with everybody. There is a a limited number. Even Jesus chose 12, and then he chose three, and then he chose one. There is a limited number of people you can give yourself 
fully, wholeheartedly to. And so what I would say is this, some practical tips for us. Number one, find a church which believes in Jesus, which believes in the Bible fully, and which is going somewhere where they have a vision. And obviously I'm speaking to us in this church and saying this is one of those churches. But for those who are listening on the internet and on TV and around the world, find a church that believes the right thing. Jesus said, the circle of friends around me are those who do the will of my Father. Find people who love God and who serve Him and join yourself with them. It's got to be a circle of belonging and acceptance as well, not a church where they say, we are perfect and you have to be perfect to join us, but rather a church that says, we are all imperfect We're just like you. We're all on our way towards closer to God, but we are walking and working to get closer to God. A a circle of acceptance and belonging, saying don't hide and pretend you're, you're perfect. Let's be honest about our faults and come on in and join us. Find a church. That's your first circle. Then find a small group of 12 people who you can be intimate with and share with and pray with and get benefit and blessing from and and open your heart. Somebody said to me recently, how do you do discipleship in your church? And I said, every part of our church is part of our discipleship process. There's the big meetings, there's the outreach that we try and do, but there's also the small groups and then there's various other teaching and and various things we do, but get in a small group and then find three or two or one people who you can get very close to and pray with and do things with and get the synergy working where you link up with Christians and you make it work. Just a, a word of advice and warning. There's a verse in Romans chapter 16 and verse 17 where he says this, Paul says to the Christians in Rome, he says, take note of those who cause divisions and offenses and have nothing to do with them. Take note of those who cause divisions and offenses and have nothing to do with them. Why was he saying that? He was saying that because there are some in the church. You see, we are very good usually at putting up a boundary and saying, if somebody worships the devil, I don't want to listen to them. But when somebody's in my church, I let down my boundaries and I can be vulnerable to them if they cause divisions or offenses. What are divisions or offenses? It means where they make me talk about another Christian or separate myself from another Christian or where I get offended on their behalf, where they say, have you heard what so-and-so has done? And I start to pick up bitterness and offense. So what am I saying today? There is a synergy that comes from linking. Get into a small group, get into a church, get open and close with other Christians. Paul says to them, I'm especially including you in my circle. And as your faith grows, I grow as well. Who have you got who you are especially close with? Are you a person who likes to keep a distance and you don't want to get too close to anyone? You say, yes, I'll attend, but I'll rush off afterwards and I won't talk to anyone. No, no, we've got to be close. We've got to be linked. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.